Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you for downloading this podcast from Talk Radio 702 and 567 Cape Talk. For more podcasts and more information on your number one news and talk station, please visit 702.co.za or capetalk.co.za. Your family, your community, your country, your responsibility. Be the best citizen you can be. Click on the Leader Say banner on this website to find out about your rights and responsibility. The Naked Scientist on Talk Radio 702 and 567 Cape Talk with Reedy Clubby. The Naked Scientist brought to you by National Arts Festival Grahamstown. 11 days of amazing, amazing experiences from the 30th of June. Let's go to Chris Smith who's joining us on the line from Scotland this morning. What are you doing in Scotland, Chris? <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I've eloped. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm up in Aberdeen, yeah. which is on the northeast coast, and I'm here for what's called the Word Festival. It's actually the northeast of the country's biggest literary festival, and it's been going for many, many years, more than a decade. But they recently added a science strand, and because obviously people are very interested in science, and there are lots of good science books being published. I mean, the fact that I've published one, mm. uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the reason actually I'm here, because mm. I brought out, um, as you know, we've got some books out in South yes. Africa, some Maverick Science and so on, and then there's the one here. And so they said, would I come along and have a little chat at the festival today about the Naked Scientists and what we do and some of these books? Mm-hmm. So I'm about to start, uh, well, I'm going to do that this afternoon. It's about four o'clock. Um, but before that, I'm going to go around the university and interview lots of scientists who are doing interesting things because uh, the University of Aberdeen has a very good um, reputation for medical research. So I'm going to talk to a lot of their people and also for marine science research as well. So I'm going to be doing some interviews for various programs we make uh, with those people. And so I'll find out really what their strengths and weaknesses are. Oh, fantastic. Enjoy it and good luck. Uh, now, Chris, I enjoyed your conversation with my colleague John Robbie yesterday about the SKA project. We've certainly interviewed people about it. But I think that you really broke it down in a way that uh, that was exciting and made me take ownership of it as a South African. But if anyone missed that uh, conversation, why should South Africans be excited about it? Oh, this is so important for South Africa. I mean, this is the astronomy equivalent of the World Cup. Mm. It's huge um, in terms of its financial investment. 20 countries would all have their attention focused and their investment focused on Southern Africa. Um, The budget would be three times bigger than the budget for the LHC, the particle smasher that they built in Europe at CERN. Mm. And to have that level of investment and to be able to do the kind of science that will enable the world to do, but make the focus on South Africa would be absolutely tremendous because this will bring expertise to the region. It will bring jobs in. It will bring a real, real step change in internet provision because the data that this thing is going to generate, the amount of information, it will turn out in one day, Mm. the amount of information that the whole world generates at the moment in a year. Just this one thing, one exo bit of information in a day. And so the 
developments that have got to go on in terms of computing power and how you marshal that information, collect that information and deploy that and process that information is hugely demanding. And that sort of investment and that sort of work happening in southern Africa would be a massive step forward for the, for the region because it will bring in, as I say, enormous amounts of expertise and it will also have this steady onward investment because it's going to run mm. and it's going to run for many years. And I think that would be a tremendous thing. And I think that South Africa proved to the world we can do big projects with the World Cup and do them really well. And I think it made everyone sit up and take notice. And I really, really would love to see this come to South Africa if, if it can be made to happen. Well, from your lips to God's ears, if there is a God. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm not starting that conversation this morning. Get into big trouble, Chris, as soon as you uh, mentioned that particular name. But maybe it's a conversation for another day. I have an email here. And Shane, this poor person, Chris, has been emailing us for months. I must apologize to her. She says, really, please ask the naked scientist. I often wake up in the middle of the night with my pajamas drenched in sweat, even though I'm not hot. Whether it's winter or summer, but particularly in winter, I sweat a lot. And yet I do not feel uh, hot at that moment, what could that be? Well, there's a number of reasons why people get night sweats, some more serious than others. Mm-hmm. Um, being sweaty at night, sweating is caused by activation of your sympathetic nervous system. <clears throat> this is the same part of the nervous system that makes you want to fight someone or run away. So when you're scared of things or when you need to turn around and have a scrap with someone, then you activate that nervous system. And one of the things it does is make you sweat because it anticipates that if you're going to be very, very active running away mm-hmm. or fighting someone, you're going to get hot and you need to keep cool. So whenever anything activates your sympathetic nervous system, it also makes you sweat. So one reason why you can have night sweats is because you are having stressful dreams. So that's a common reason and it's a harmless one. Then there are some other things like some people have an overactive sweating system. And they get these conditions called hyperhidrosis and things like that. You get sweaty palms and stuff. And this is because the nervous system is a bit more active than it should be. And it talks to the sweat glands too much and people sweat too much. And then there are some Mm -hmm. slightly more serious things. Because you have to worry, well, has this person got an underlying condition that could do this that's potentially dangerous? Some infections can make you have night sweats. And things like CMV, which is a cytomegalovirus, this is one of the herpes virus family, this can cause night sweats, but usually it doesn't go on for years. It would be just a few months. Mm. Then there are slightly more serious things still, things like TB, tuberculosis, can cause night sweats, and people do talk about waking up drenched in sweat and feeling really quite rotten. And so that's definitely worth checking in for. And then there's things like HIV seroconversion illness. When people first catch HIV, um, one of the, within a few weeks of catching it, one of the first symptoms is a sort of, di- is a sort of you get diarrhea, mm. sore throat, headaches, night sweats. But if this has been going on for a long, long time, it sounds potentially different from that. But it, it does warrant investigation. So those will be the common things I would pick on. Um, so ranging from totally trivial and something benign through to there might be a gen- genuine problem. And if it is long-standing and the person's lost some weight, it might be worth having their thyroid checked as well because right. high, high thyroid function, if you're overactive thyroid, um, this can cause sweating as well. All right, Matilda, there's your answer. And thank you so much for your tenacity. It has finally paid off. Let's go straight to the lines and go to Yvette in Westin. Good morning. Good morning. Mm. Um, uh, really, I have got what the doctors have diagnosed as vasculitis. Now, this started in my finger, 
under my nail. And it's extremely, it's, it's so painful, I sit and cry sometimes. Yet the doctors don't know what to give me for pain. They don't know how to treat this scab thing that is sitting under my nail and gives me so much pain. Vasculitis, okay. So yeah, I've been to a specialist and I've seen my GP and they, they just look at it and shake their heads and <laughs> we don't get any further. Okay, Chris, what can you tell us about oh, that? Oh, yeah. Um, hello, Yvette. Well, without seeing it and without knowing a bit more about the history, it's quite difficult for me to really say exactly what it is, what this is. But most cases of vasculitis are um, caused by the immune system damaging blood vessels. And this can happen in a number of ways. One is that cells of the immune system can directly attack the lining of the blood vessel. Another is that you get complexes. In other words, antibodies locked onto the thing they recognize, binding together and they then settle or lodge in blood vessels and then they make the immune system get active in that region and it damages the wall of the blood vessel and you get little bits of bruising or bits of damage to the adjacent tissue and it can be painful. Um, if it is one of those autoimmune conditions, then it really would require some kind of investigation to find out why it's happening, diagnose exactly what it is, and then work out how to turn the immune system down a bit in order to stop it. Other reasons you can get vasculitis, um, if it's short-lived and acute, it can be down to things like viruses and other d infectious illnesses which can cause uh, damage to blood vessels as a consequence of the infection you're having. But with that slightly limited history, it's very difficult for me to say. Mm -hmm. Okay, good luck uh, to you, Yvette. <coughs> Sounds really painful. Uh, is it Murali in Midrand? How do I say your name? Uh, yes, Murali. Okay, welcome. What's your question? Um, hi, Chris, and hi, Rudy. I always Hello. show. Mm -hmm, thank um, you. Uh, the question is, uh, I've been reading up about this out-of-Africa theory where human beings originated from Africa and have visited the Stratfontaine caves and everything. And uh, But how did uh, all the races have, have such drastic skin color? How did that change happen? Because uh, if uh, climatic change, if I go from one country to another and uh, adapt to that climate, it doesn't happen so quickly. So that's my question. Okay. Yeah, and then it's a really good question, <clears throat> which people have done a lot of work on recently to try to get more insights into. Uh, we know that people left Africa as modern humans probably in the last 50 to 100,000 years. So it's not something that happened abruptly. And the people who first evolved as modern humans in Africa, uh, around equatorial Africa, would certainly have been dark-skinned. There's no doubt about that. And the reason we know that is on the basis of genetics. People who are dark-skinned from equatorial Africa have the biggest genetic repertoire, the most genetic diversity. And the further from that geographical focus that you go, the reduced or the lower the level of genetic diversity that you see in populations. And so what would have happened is that people who originated in that part of Africa would have been subject to huge amounts of sunlight. Mm -hmm. And because sunlight does two things. One, it damages skin which puts you at risk of skin cancer, that would have been a selection to be dark-skinned. But more importantly, sunlight with UV in it damages folic acid. And mm. folic acid is very important if you're trying to get pregnant. Anyone who's been trying to get pregnant will know. You need folic acid because the developing nervous system can't form properly unless there's enough folic acid. So people would have evolved very dark skins to make sure that their folic acid levels in their body stayed high so that they were reproduce reproductively fit. Otherwise, their, their children, their offspring, would be less healthy. Okay. But then when people moved away from Africa and went to higher latitudes, to places like where I am, uh, up in the very, very far north now, the amount of sunlight they were seeing was very, very low. 
And now the threat to their folic acid levels was small, but under these conditions, because it's so dark most of the time, you can't make enough vitamin D because vitamin D gets made in your skin. Sure. And if you don't make enough vitamin D, you can't make strong bones and teeth. So as a result, people evolved to have a lower level of skin melanization. They went whiter the further north they went. And this was a, a generational thing. So over many, many, many generations, people changed from being black to white in high latitudes. And as a result, we, we see today the consequences of this because if people from very, very hot, sunny countries with very dark skins move to very, very far north places where there's not enough sunlight. They have to be careful to make sure they have enough vitamin D. And similarly, people with pale skins, mm. if they move down to places where it's very, very sunny, they're at risk of skin cancer. They're also at risk of having low levels of folic acid. Fascinating stories of migration. Thank you for that question, Morali. Let's go to, we've had this question before uh, from Reggie in Soweto, but I find that it's a very popular one and it comes back over and over again. So we might as well ask it again. Reggie in Soweto? Hi, good morning, guys. Um, mm. My name's Reggie. I just want to find out, um, you know, these SCOM power cables, you know, they say if you touch that thing, you'll turn into charcoal or die in a second or something. But I see baits, you know, big and small. You know, they sit comfortably there and nothing happens to okay. them. What cause of that? Electrical cables up in the sky? Well, not really. Why is it that the birds can be flying about and sitting on them and not get electrocuted, but a human being would, Chris? Yeah, hi, Reggie. <clears throat> the reason is that the birds are not completing the circuit. So you can think of a power station as like a giant battery, and it's pushing electrons into the cable, and th those electrons then flow along the cable to your house, and you then connect that cable to your appliances, and the other side of your appliance is connected to the negative side of the battery at the power station, which also happens to be plugged into the earth. So in other words, there is a flow of electricity from a high potential in the cable to a low potential in the earth going through your appliance. So the electricity does some work for you and makes your appliance work. If you are a bird mm -hmm. and you're sitting on the cable, you're just sitting at very high potential because that's on the cable. But you are not providing a route to the earth at low potential for the electrons in that cable. So all that happens if you're the bird sitting on the cable or indeed if you hung on the cable without touching anything else or being near anything else so the electricity could complete the circuit through you, then you would be fine. Um, and it's only if you actually provide a route for the electricity to go from that high potential down to the ground, then you're in trouble. So if you stood on the ground and flew a kite and the kite accidentally went into the cables, now you've created a, a cable from the high potential cable down the kite string through your body and then into the ground. And that's why you should never go near these cables or, mm. or play or fly kites near them because if you do connect them to the ground, you are part of the circuit and, and rather like a fuse, you will go bang um, and therefore burn out in order to, to stop the huge amount of electricity that would otherwise flow through you. All right, let's go to Tabo in Soshanguve. Good morning, Tabo. Good morning, Reddy, and good morning to Chris. Mm. Uh, I've been having this problem with the back of the, this tooth at the back of my mouth. I think they call it the wisdom tooth. Mm -hmm. uh, for the past two years, it's been trying to come out, but it doesn't come out. And uh, this pain, it will last for like two months, then it will keep quiet. Maybe after another two months, it will start again. I just want to know, uh, what causes this pain, this so much pain? When is, it, is the teeth going to come out? Okay. And in the meantime, when can I, how, what can I do to stop this uh, terrible pain? 
Yes, I'm speaking to you now. You are in I'm pain. Really feeling this. Okay, tell, before yes. I let you go, before I let, have you ever seen a dentist about this? Have you ever done anything about it? Or is this the first time that you're seeking expert opinion? It's actually what I, what I for, for this opinion, it's the first time. I just go to the dentist time. and clean my teeth and stuff. Oh, so you go to the dentist, clean your teeth, and you don't tell him about the problem. <laughs> oh, man. Why don't you guys want to go to doctors, Chris? Hello, Tabo. <laughs> I'm really sorry to hear you're in trouble like this. And funnily enough, the, the previous question about birds sitting on power cables, there is a beautiful answer to that. And this is relevant, so bear with me. Um, there's a beautiful answer to that. We made a series called Naked Science Scrapbook. And if you go to nakedscientist.com slash scrapbook, mm. you'll see we made a video explaining about birds sitting on cables. But the person who made that with me, Sarah, she has also got the same problem you have got, Tarbo, because she periodically comes into the office and says, oh, one of my wisdom teeth is really, really sore and it doesn't really come through properly and, it's, and it periodically gets bad. And what happens is that the wisdom teeth develop right at the back of the jaw in some people, all of them develop. In some people, none of them develop. <clears throat> and then in odd people like me, only one develops. I only have one wisdom tooth and it hasn't come through. But occasionally it partially pokes through the gum a little bit. Now, with a tooth that's in that position, what you've got is slightly abnormal anatomy because the gum is being eroded a bit over the tooth. And this means that saliva and food particles, sugar and therefore bacteria as well can go down in around the tooth and you can get an abscess forming around the tooth in the gum. And this can be very, very uncomfortable and, and periodically the abscess will burst itself or drain itself out into the mouth cavity. You feel a bit better, the immune system gets rid of the bacteria and you're better for a while and then the whole thing starts again. And really the only solution if this keeps happening to you, because it's not good for that to keep happening because there are consequences if it gets bad, would be to go and have the tooth removed. And that's actually quite a simple procedure and it will cure you if you can find a dentist who would uh, do the x-rays and see where the wisdom teeth are and then look into whether or not they can get them out for you easily. Okay, good luck to you, Tabo. Go see someone, man. Uh, Jonathan in Greenpoint, you are our last caller. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Chris, I wanted to tell you, how did blood groups evolve? How did uh, O group, A, B, negative, etc., how did those evolve? Okay, nice question. Chris? Um, I'm not an expert on this, Jonathan, but I, I mean, I, I know enough in order to, to speculate. And the answer is that those blood groups, what we call a blood group, is the presence of chemical markers, antigens, which are carried by the tissues in the body. And those chemical markers are presented to the immune system by those cells. And the immune system then checks to see if they're the right ones and doesn't react to them. So as, as time has gone on, we've ended up with a selection of these. We've got three. So we've got A, B and O. And so you can end up with a person who's blood group A, a person who's blood group B, people who are A, B, and then people who've got neither A nor B and their group O. And so we've got those blood groups. There's four of the different blood groups that we see in common circulation. Other animals have their own blood groups. So dogs have their own blood groups. They have DEA, DAB, DAC. Uh, cats have group A, group B, and group, um, I think they've just got A and B actually, but they're different A and B to ours. Sheep have seven blood groups. Horses have seven blood groups. Goats have got six blood groups. So lots of animals have these blood groupings. And I think it's just a consequence of humans in the past being bottlenecked at different times so that they select for different genes that make those blood groups and they become enriched in the population. But they don't, you, you haven't got people who are so far removed in terms of 
being different that they could no longer interbreed. So we've got the we've settled at this set of of common groups, mm. which probably stem back to our early days um, when populations were restricted to small numbers for a while, a bottleneck, and then allowed to expand again. And I think that that's probably it. But what I'm going to do is I've got a friend who's a paleoanthropologist, so I'll ask them if they can shed any more light on the genetics of this to see if I can get you an even more thorough answer. Okay, we love that and we look forward to it. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Well, something exciting, and I hope to see you, Chris. You're coming to South Africa at the end of June, and uh, we're looking forward to that. And if you're listening to us and you'll be in Grahamstown, catch the Naked Scientist in the flesh in Grahamstown at the National Arts Festival from the 30th of June. It's a celebration of the best in South African arts, everything from classical to quieto, science as well. 2,500 performances crammed into 11 days uh, of amazing, amazing experiences. Uh, Visit www.nationalartsfestival.co.za. So, Chris, you looking forward to that? Oh, uh, Grahamstown is gorgeous for a start, and I love South Africa. So, <laughs> two things are yeah. wonderful crammed into one. And I'm going to try and swing by Joburg and see you all as well. So maybe, maybe if you haven't gone off on your honeymoon or something this time, <laughs> we might actually get to meet up. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to that, Chris. Enjoy Scotland. Oh, how, far, how far are you from Glasgow? That's where my mother is. Well, I was in Glasgow yesterday because oh. I went to stay with my friend in Glasgow. And then we drove for another three hours northeast, which is where Aberdeen is. So it's oh. yeah, two, two or three hours drive northeast. So it's a couple of hundred miles, 300 kilometers um, from Glasgow to Aberdeen, which is nearly at the top. We're almost at John O'Groats. So if we go around the coast a bit further and up a, a bit further, probably another hour or so, uh-huh. we'd be at John O'Groats, which is the furthest north point in, in the UK. And actually the sun is shining. Wow. And it's beautiful. And we, I can see the sea from here and it is quite cold but it's a beautiful place I I didn't expect that last one but anyway I hope you survive it we'll chat to you next week Chris thanks really have a good one take care everybody thinking about your next career move in research and development then it's time to make your move to the UK the nation that's investing 20 billion pounds in R&D over the next two years The nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.